Hey, this is Monica. And this is Paula. Welcome to Entre Dos. A podcast about blah. <laughs> a podcast about Welcome to Entre Dos, a podcast about raising bilingual children. Boom. Cut it out. We did it. <laughs> this is uh, our first podcast, the first and maybe last time in a while that we will be recording in this nook. Moving I'm forward, we're go I'm going to be in Miami and Paula's going to remain in Houston. So yeah, this is a very exciting thing that we're doing that we've been talking about for how long exactly? I don't know. Three years. <clears throat> Too <maybe>. long. <laughs> Too long. So here we are now for your enjoyment. So Moni and I both have daughters mm -hmm. that are who are bilingual. Yes. So far. So far. We're working on it. Yes. Talk so, about yourself, Paula. Tell okay. us. I'm Paula. I'm from Colombia. I currently live in Houston, Texas, and I grew up bilingual, kind of, not living in the U.S., but learned English at an early language <laughs> at an <laughs> early age <laughs> and um and kept speaking kept learning at, at bilingual schools so do Sorry. you remember when you started learning English yes you there did. was only okay. there was only it was in Texas there was only one teacher who spoke Spanish in the or some Spanish in the entire school so they put me in her class kindergarten and The only thing I remember is that eventually I got really frustrated with her telling me what things meant in Spanish because I was already understanding you knew. what she was saying Yeah, See, pretty I, quickly. I, I remember, remember mispronouncing island all the time, saying Iceland. Iceland, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I still do that <laughs> if I've had a couple of drinks. But yeah, I don't, I don't remember when I started learning English necessarily it was part of of my education it was just something that everyone was doing it wasn't strange or hard it was just how things were in my school and it's something that i've taken for granted until i had a child and i realized how precious my experience was to not really feel that that sort of impact like just it was just normal for me to to be on that track of two languages, which is kind of like what your daughter's going through now. I grew up in Puerto Rico. Um, I've lived there almost my, you know, entire sort of teen. I was born there. I was a teenager there. And then I moved out when I was in my 20s. So I grew up speaking Spanish at home and socially. And I mostly spoke academic English up until I, I moved here. Um, and moving here um, with just academic English was fascinating um, because I didn't really have a lot of um, conversational English <laughs> in me. So it, there was a learning curve there to understand like the jargon and 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 sort of the that, that more casual speaking conversational English. 
Um, but I got it. And, 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 you know, now I, I feel like, you know, we're so privileged to be able to do that. And we want to give that to our daughters. Right. And it was important also because we still, and I think it's the same in your case, have family in our respective countries that we want them to be able to communicate with well. And for me, it was also very important for her to know Spanish, not just to speak it, but read it and write it as much as possible because I wanted her to know it well, not just not just like you learn it when you take a high school class or something. That was just important to me. What, right. what Whether it'll happen or not or how it'll end up by when she's a teenager or adult, I don't know, but... That's the mission. Exactly. And, 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 you know, when you're talking about relatives and, and where you come from, you know, being bilingual goes hand in hand for us, at least with being bicultural, right? Right. And that bicultural, biculturality, I don't know how you would say that. It, it's the reason why, at least for me, I want her to understand Spanish. I don't want her to be a tourist in her own country right I want her to be able to go to Puerto Rico and find her way on her own and be able to absorb the culture directly from the culture to her as opposed to me having to mediate it because she can't speak the language that's spoken in the island right um, and the same thing goes with the you know the rest of Latin America I want her to feel Latina I want her to feel that and so far so good yes you know? and language is probably like the easiest first and easiest way to it's like a bridge to the culture of course and it's easy to did you start speaking to her in spanish from when she was born yes every day and it was funny because i never thought i didn't really think a lot about what i was going to do when i had a child or if i was going to have a child it wasn't something that i really sat down and thought about but as soon as i got pregnant and then later when I had her, I was obsessed with her learning Spanish. I was actually very possessive. That's probably the one thing that, you know, parents say, oh, you know, if, if, if you don't get married, if you don't become a doctor, if you don't do this or that, like, I'm going to be, you know, disappointed. For me, it's like bilingualism. Like, if she doesn't learn Spanish, that's going to be like my, I'm going to personally feel like a failure. Yes. As a parent, if I don't do that. Right. For her. And I don't know why it's such a passion for me. I mean, I, I understand it at a very sort of superficial level. Uh, like all of the check marks are there for me, but there's something deeper, more existential to me. And the meaning of her being able to learn Spanish, which I can't really, it's, it's just a feeling. Right. I think part of, at least for me, part of it is it continues. It, it's kind of, passing on part of my identity to her. It would be weird to me if she didn't speak any Spanish because that's such a big part of who I am. And now right. we live in the States. And so obviously, yes, yeah, she's surrounded by English speakers It's um, and and American culture. And that's, that's just going to be the default. That's how she's going to grow up. And it would be so strange for her to not speak Spanish or know any of the culture. Right. Um, and it's tied to your childhood, right? So... When you're raising a kid, in some ways, if you had a childhood that you would like to sort of emulate for your child, right? That if that childhood was in Spanish, how do you translate that literally 
into a childhood in a different country where the language is different, mm -hmm. right? That has a big influence. Yes. And and that sort of has been the hard part for me, wanting what I wanting for her what I had, but then doing it in a different way in terms of, you know, hey, you're not going to have this culture that I grew up with. I'm going to have to recreate that for you somewhat artificially. Yes. In in our home. And and that's sort of that balancing act that can get a little bit emotional. Yeah. Yes. We've talked about that, like yes. having our existential crises. And um, what are we going to do in this, in this podcast? So in this podcast, mm -hmm. <laughs> we want to explore or talk about a lot of different aspects of raising bilingual children. I mean, it's, it's such a, it goes beyond the kind of general advice that you get when you're looking at raising bilingual children. Um, you'll hear from experts like linguists or whatever telling you, giving you advice, but it's very different than what it looks day to day when you're doing it with your with your child when you're when you're trying to do it at your home, and it looks so different for everybody. Oh, yes. There are families who have two Spanish-speaking parents. There are families that have zero Spanish-speaking parents, mm -hmm. but they're sending their children to a to a bilingual school. Um, there are families that have one parent who speaks Spanish and one who speaks English, and then it becomes really difficult to the dynamic of maintaining the, the language, language yeah. especially as the, the child grows and older and starts going to school and they favor English um, or the other majority language. So we, we just want to share our experiences, but talk to other parents who have done this or who are doing this as well as experts. Yes. We're not experts. We're just moms that really want our daughters to love and value the Spanish language and feel feel that it's part of their identity. Yes, and we, we hope to have a lot of experts in the podcast. Yes. We love evidence-based science and research papers, so we're hoping that we're going to be able to get here for you people that are studying this closely and can give us maybe not just tips on how to raise your child bilingual, but also um, sort of the, it, it put, put it in context, in a wider context of yes. what does that mean? And also um, how has it been done in the past? How, what has worked in the present? Um, and what is going to be done in the future where we see this sort of bilingual movement, which is a, move, a movement now, and it has been for several decades. Where is it going? And, we'll be giggling and, a lot too. And even though we are focused on raising Spanish speakers where it's not the majority language, we will on occasion probably deal with bilingualism in general because a lot of, of that research will apply to... Regardless of what languages your children are growing up speaking, so we'll bring that in as well. But you hear so many stories about right. people that they'll oh, reject you know, we speak it. Yes, they're rejected or and you know, that's something that I would love to talk about and bring people mm -hmm. like why is that a phenomenon that happens all the time? Is that something that happens in specific cases? Yeah. I mean, does it have to do with social variables? Like 
what school you send your kid to, if they they get teased for speaking Spanish, mm-hmm. if that's not something that's considered cool, if, yeah. you know, things like or that. Or they don't see the need. A lot of times what I've read is that they just don't, they don't see, a they need, don't see right. the need because they, in our case, we both speak both languages and they know that. So they don't, they stop kind of feeling the need to speak to you. You know what? So far, we have I have been able to keep that Spanish dynamic. And whenever she speaks to me directly, without having other people in the room, right? When it's just yes. us, it's Spanish. It's Spanish. The the and even when we're together as a family, so we'll speak. Then she'll speak Spanish to me. She'll speak English to him. Sometimes. Like for discipline, English comes more naturally to me, which is very weird. Really? Yes. It's very strange. That's those are all things for later episodes. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is our what, what we call in the podcasting world our episode zero. Um, hopefully it didn't feel like a zero. <laughs> it felt like a hero. Um, it's an introduction <laughs> to... Um, I have to do that again. <laughs> I'm going to spend a lot of time laughing at Moni. I don't know why is that Or that? laughing with Moni. I feel like I'm in a zero. It's so weird. Zero to hero. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, oh, wait. Can we just... So this is it. This is us. This is Entre Dos. We hope you like it. Um, and also that you subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Twitter and Facebook, so you can find us there. And you can also find us on our network, All Points West, at allpointswest.net. So, until next week. Hasta la vista. Adios. Chao, chao. Nos vemos. <laughs> <laughs>